Today on Commuter Bible, Laban and Jacob have a shouting match. Jacob and God have a wrestling match. And Jacob realizes he is no match for his brother Esau. It's Genesis chapters 30 through 33 and Psalm 10. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Jacob and his father-in-law Laban simply don't get along. And let's be honest, it's not because they're both morally upstanding people with a simple difference of opinions. It's because they both practice deception to their own advantage. The daughters of Laban aren't too dissimilar and their pettiness is made apparent in today's text. As a means of trying to gain flocks for himself, Jacob practices strange husbandry, proving not only that he has no idea how breeding works, but that it is by God's grace, not by Jacob's skills, that his flocks increase. Later, Jacob wrestles with a man who is also somehow a representative of God, and the Lord renames him Israel because he has wrestled with both man and God and one. Genesis chapters 30 through 33. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she envied her sister. Give me sons or I will die, she said to Jacob. Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God? He has withheld offspring from you. Then she said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go sleep with her and she'll bear children for me so that through her I too can build a family. So Rachel gave her slave Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me. Yes, he has heard me and given me a son. So she named him Dan. Rachel's slave Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, In my wrestlings with God, I have wrestled with my sister and won. And she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her slave Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! And she named him Gad. When Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, Leah said, I am happy that the women call me happy. So she named him Asher. Reuben went out during the wheat harvest and found some mandrakes in the field. When he brought them to his mother Leah, Rachel asked, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah replied to her, Isn't it enough that you have taken my husband? Now you also want to take my son's mandrakes? Well then, Rachel said, He can sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come with me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So Jacob slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to my husband. And she named him Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time my husband will honor me because I have borne six sons for him. And she named him Zebulun. Later, Leah bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel 
He listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son, and she said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add another son to me. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children that I have worked for and let me go. You know how hard I have worked for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, Name your wages, and I will pay them. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you, and how your herds have fared with me? For you had very little before I came, but now your wealth has increased. The Lord has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do something for my own family? Laban asked, What should I give you? And Jacob said, You don't need to give me anything. If you do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Let me go through all your sheep today and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark-colored sheep among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not speckled or spotted, or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. Good said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That day Laban removed the streaked and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one that had any white on it, and every dark-colored one among the lambs, and he placed his sons in charge of them. He put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flock. Jacob then took branches of fresh poplar, almond, and plain wood and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes on the branches. He set the peeled branches in the troughs in front of the sheep, in the water channels where the sheep came to drink. And the sheep bred when they came to drink. The flocks bred in front of the branches and bore streaked, speckled, and spotted young. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face the streaked sheep and the completely dark sheep in Laban's flocks. Then he set his own stock apart and didn't put them with Laban's sheep. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob placed the branches in the troughs in full view of the flocks and they would breed in front of the branches. As for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put out the branches So it turned out that the weak sheep belonged to Laban and the stronger ones to Jacob. And the man became very rich. He had many flocks, female and male slaves, and camels and donkeys. Now Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's and has built this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob saw from Laban's face that his attitude toward him was not the same as before. The Lord said to him, 
Go back to the land of your ancestors and to your family, and I will be with you. Jacob had Rachel and Leah called to the field where his flocks were. He said to them, I can see from your father's face that his attitude toward me is not the same as before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that with all my strength I have served your father and that he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God has not let him harm me. If he said, The spotted sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born spotted. If he said, The streaked sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born streaked. God has taken away your father's herds and given them to me. When the flocks were breeding, I saw in a dream that the streaked, spotted, and speckled males were mating with the females. In that dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see. All the males that are mating with the flocks are streaked, spotted, and speckled. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you poured oil on the stone marker and made a solemn vow to me. Get up, leave this land, and return to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah answered him, Do we have any portion in our inheritance in our father's family? Are we not regarded by him as outsiders? For he has sold us and has certainly spent our purchase price. In fact, all the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. So do whatever God has said to you. So Jacob got up and put his children and wives on the camels. He took all the livestock and possessions he had acquired in Padanaram, and he drove his herds to go to the land of Canaan, to his father Isaac. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household idols. And Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean, not telling him that he was fleeing. He fled with all his possessions, crossed the Euphrates, and headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he took his relatives with him, pursued Jacob for seven days, and overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night. Watch yourself, God warned him. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. When Laban overtook Jacob, Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban and his relatives also pitched their tents in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me and taken my daughters away like prisoners of war. Why did you secretly flee from me, deceive me, and not tell me? I would have sent you away with joy and singing, with tambourines and lyres. But you didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters. You have acted foolishly. I could do you great harm. But last night, the God of your father said to me, Watch yourself. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you have gone off because you long for your father's family. 
But why have you stolen my gods? Jacob answered, I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. If you find your gods with anyone here, he will not live. Before our relatives, point out anything that is yours and take it. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the idols. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, Leah's tent, and the tents of the two concubines, but he found nothing. When he left Leah's tent, he went into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken Laban's household idols, put them in the saddlebag of the camel, and sat on them. Laban searched the whole tent, but found nothing. She said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I am having my period. So Laban searched, but could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became incensed and brought charges against Laban. What is my crime? He said to Laban. What is my sin that you have pursued me? You've searched all my possessions. Have you found anything of yours? Put it here before my relatives and yours and let them decide between the two of us. I've been with you these 20 years. Your ewes and female goats have not miscarried and I have not eaten the rams from your flock. I did not bring you any of the flock torn by wild beasts. I myself bore the loss. You demanded payment from me for what was stolen by day or by night. There I was. The heat consumed me by day and the frost by night and sleep fled from my eyes. For twenty years in your household I served you. Fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had not been with me, certainly now you would have sent me off empty-handed. But God has seen my affliction and my hard work, and he issued his verdict last night. Then Laban answered Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children my children, and the flocks my flocks. Everything you see is mine. But what can I do today for these daughters of mine, or for the children they have borne? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I. Let it be a witness between the two of us. So Jacob picked out a stone and set it up as a marker. Then Jacob said to his relatives, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a mound, then ate there by the mound. Laban named the mound Jegger Sahadutha, but Jacob named it Galid. Then Laban said, This mound is a witness between you and me today. Therefore the place was called Galid and also Mizpah, for he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. 
If you mistreat my daughters or take other wives, though no one is with us, understand that God will be a witness between you and me. Laban also said to Jacob, Look at this mound and the marker I have set up between you and me. This mound is a witness and the marker is a witness that I will not pass beyond this mound to you and you will not pass beyond this mound and this marker to do me harm. The God of Abraham and the gods of Nahor, the gods of their father, will judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and invited his relatives to eat a meal. So they ate a meal and spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early in the morning, kissed his grandchildren and daughters, and blessed them. Then Laban left to return home. Jacob went on his way, and God's angels met him. When he saw them, Jacob said, This is God's camp. So he called that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the territory of Edom. He commanded them, You are to say to my lord Esau, This is what your servant Jacob says. I have been staying with Laban and have been delayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female slaves. I have sent this message to inform my Lord in order to seek your favor. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you. And he has four hundred men with him. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps, along with the flocks, herds, and camels. He thought, If Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, the remaining one can escape. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Go back to your land and to your family, and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. Indeed, I crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two camps. Please, rescue me from my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise he may come and attack me, the mothers, and their children. You have said, I will cause you to prosper, and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, 
too numerous to be counted. He spent the night there and took part of what he had brought with him as a gift for his brother Esau. Two hundred female goats, twenty male goats, two hundred ewes, twenty rams, thirty milk camels with their young, forty cows, ten bulls, twenty female donkeys, and ten male donkeys. He entrusted them to his slaves as separate herds and said to them, Go on ahead of me and leave some distance between the herds. And he told the first one, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to? Where are you going? And whose animals are these ahead of you? Then tell him, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau. And look, he is behind us. He also told the second one, the third, and everyone who was walking behind the animals. Say the same thing to Esau when you find him. You are also to say, Look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. For he thought, I want to appease Esau with the gift that is going ahead of me. After that, I can face him, and perhaps he will forgive me. So the gift was sent on ahead of him while he remained in the camp that night. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two slave women, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream along with all his possessions. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please, tell me your name. But he answered, Why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob then named the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, he said. Yet my life has been spared. The sun shone on him as he passed by Penuel, limping because of his hip. That is why, still today, the Israelites don't eat the thigh muscle that is at the hip socket, because he struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau, coming toward him with four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two slave women. He put the slaves and their children first, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went on ahead and bowed to the ground seven times until he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet him, 
hugged him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he asked, Who are these with you? He answered, The children God has graciously given your servant. Then the slaves and their children approached him and bowed down. Leah and her children also approached and bowed down. And then Joseph and Rachel approached and bowed down. So Esau said, What do you mean by this whole procession I met? To find favor with you, my lord, he answered. I have enough, my brother, Esau replied. Keep what you have. But Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor with you, take this gift from me. For indeed I have seen your face, and it is like seeing God's face, since you have accepted me. Please, take my present that was brought to you, because God has been gracious to me, and I have everything I need. So Jacob urged him until he accepted. Then Esau said, Let's move on. I'll go ahead of you. Jacob replied, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and I have nursing flocks and herds. If they are driven hard for one day, the whole herd will die. Let my Lord go ahead of his servant. I will continue on slowly, at a pace suited to the livestock and the children, until I come to my Lord at Seir. Esau said, Let me leave some of my people with you. But he replied, Why do that? Please indulge me, my Lord. That day Esau started on his way back to Seir, but Jacob went to Succoth. He built a house for himself and shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was called Succoth. After Jacob came from Padanaram, he arrived safely at Shechem in the land of Canaan and camped in front of the city. He purchased a section of the field where he had pitched his tent from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver. And he set up an altar there and called it God, the God of Israel. Psalm 10 Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue their victims. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked person arrogantly thinks... There is no accountability since there is no God. His ways are always secure. Your lofty judgments have no effect on him. He scoffs at all his adversaries. He says to himself, I will never be moved. From generation to generation, I will be without calamity. Cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near settlements. He kills the innocent in secret places. 
His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket. He lurks in order to seize a victim. He seizes a victim and drags him in his net. So he is oppressed and beaten down. Helpless people fall because of the wicked one's strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord. Lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. Why has the wicked person despised God? He says to himself, You will not demand an account. But you yourself have seen trouble and grief, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless one entrusts himself to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked, evil person until you look for his wickedness, but it can't be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere humans from the earth may terrify them no more. We've had a stellar turnout of people joining Commuter Bible this year, so I just want to say thank you and welcome to our new listeners. If at any time you feel like this podcast isn't working out for your schedule, there are two other Commuter Bible podcasts. One works through the New Testament in a year, and the other works through the Old Testament in a year chronologically. They're called Commuter Bible NT and Commuter Bible OT, respectively. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Thank you.